Ryan fan.
brought us to this family. When I was lost, you brought me his love.
space. Amazing. 
God, yeah. help. Father, we just thank you for this amazing grace. By God's word, because Hallelujah. it's living. You know, the word of God is I living and active. And so it transfuses us. Grace. If we if we submit to it, the word of God over time transfuses us. Some more quickly than others, and that's all right, whatever. You know, like, but it transfuses itself. It impresses itself. It imprints itself upon our lives. And that's why it's important that we not only submit to the Lord and, and, and come in a time of maybe an altar call or something like that and say, Jesus, I give you my life and I follow you. But it's important that we get the word of God inside of us. Because it changes our very DNA. It changes our very nature. It shifts us from a place of being under the battle to being a place over the battle. It shifts us from a place of being squashed under circumstances to a place of faith. shifts us from a place of being no hope into a place of hope. Joyless to joyful. Amen. Amen. That's what the Word of God does as we submit to it in our lives. And so the blessing of the Lord overtakes Abram and Sarai, and it changes their name. Like Jacob, whose name meant deceiver, and in fact, he was even mentored into deception by his mother. You know, he, he was mentored into deception by his mom, and he lived that way, you know, in his life. But one meeting, tell your neighbor, say one meeting. One meeting with God. One meeting with El Shaddai, with God Almighty. And the causative blessing and the promise of God changes his name from deceiver, Jacob, to Israel. As a prince, you shall have power with God. And that's what happens. So as we're finishing, you know, the yes, Transform so Life series that we've been doing, this morning, time and time again, and, when people uh, encounter God and receive His covenant uh, into our, their lives and into our lives, we are transformed. On our home. Amen. Uh, so you have to we are transformed exactly what that looks like. in uh, our lives. Not with hammers and, and this nails. is where, you know, back to this, this core verse here. Um, in Ephesians, yeah, uh, sorry, in Second uh, Corinthians, it says that, that we have all of this, that we may have an abundance for every good work. So it's great to say, yes, we have all sufficiency. We have all things, you know, everything we need we have, but what is it for? It's for so that we have an abundance for every good work. morning, 5 o'clock. Yeah. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has prepared you and I that when we come into our life with Christ, you and I are prepared to accomplish good works. Now, this, yes, this can be a, a part of our purpose and part of our destiny. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, man, what is my purpose? What is my destiny? We're going to cover that later on this year. But this, this, this good works here, it's not, it's not uh, talking about, like, accomplishing a certain goal. It's talking about everyday good works, that where we are in our lives, our good works is something that we do in every area of our lives. We practice it at work. We practice good works at work, at school, at home, in our families, and in our marriages. 
And we're all called to disciple people right. to Jesus. Pastor Allen, if you can come. And Every single one of us is empowered and called and to disciple pray a blessing on that, and bring people to Jesus. Amen. Raise your hands and, all right. and just pray for that. So we are all empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring new solutions to the forefront right. of our spheres right. of influence. Every place where we Nancy's find ourselves, you are empowered because you have the Holy Spirit, because you're walking with the one <laughs> who experiences no lack and who, who has all supply and, and understands yeah. all things. As you're walking with him, you get to be part thank of the you, gateway Father, of heaven into the, the earth, the into the bringing the solutions of heaven and the mind of Christ into our homes, uh, our areas, our workplaces. Amen. And see, that's our job. Like, that's part of our outreach to our community is who we are on a daily basis. It's the good works that God has prepared for us to do beforehand. That's who we are on a daily basis. And yes, amen, we're doing church in the park as an outreach to our community. But listen, outreaches aren't just programs. It's people. It's you and me. Amen. It's you and me bubbling over. The life of Christ. Father, we pray for Amen. Connections and and so, relationships, Lord. We you know, you for, uh, uh, even steering back towards to finances. To I think maybe that's In what Jesus we're waiting name, for here. Father, Third John chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. I heard it said that, you know, some people are so poor, all they have is money. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we bless them. We Some people are so all poor, all they have is money. Church, and and God's heart is to get us positioned in Him that we benefit from Jesus. the overflow of His heart yes, Lord, of having we, all we sufficiency, all, you know, everything that we're called to do in Him, there is supply for. And, uh, there's never a place where there's not a solution. For uh, no right? misconnections. And Lord, so we, we just do, God wants do us to have abundance. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants you to have abundance. In every way, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Begin God wants now, you to have an abundance for a purpose. Amen. If, you were, if we were going to name this sermon, it would be abundance for a purpose. Amen. Okay? Because that's why God has called us to be abundant. Now, many of us, you know, we can, we can sit in our lives and we can say, like, well, I don't feel like I'm that abundant. Let me tell you, if you are sitting here, you are wealthy compared to like uh, 95% of the world. Mind, uh, if you have shoes, <laughs> you are wealthy. If you eat with a knife, a fork, uh, and a spoon. Now, some, you know, in America, we can get, a, get away with eating with the, our hands. But, you know, also, you know if you, uh, if you have a knife and a fork and a spoon, you are wealthy. Amen? All right? So Father, we and so, thank you but we this, see that the uh, purpose that God wants to bless us is, listen, I, 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 I'm not talking about, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. No. But what we want to, what we want to deal with is we want to deal with the word of God and what it says and not throw it out because somebody somewhere took something too far. Right? And so God says the purpose of his blessing, the purpose of an abundance in our lives is to accomplish his will and accomplish the good works that he has given to us to accomplish. In fact, we see the purpose of God giving the children of Israel wealth in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, and you shall remember, tell your neighbor, remember, and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. 
Wow. So God gives us power to get well. He's the one who gives us creative ideas. He's the one who gives us solutions. He's the one who empowers us with new business ideas. He's, he's the one who gives us the power to get wealth. But what's the purpose? So that we can, like, get fat? No. So that we don't just become consumers, but to establish his covenant. Amen? The purpose of our abundance is to establish his covenant, to see the kingdom of God grow in the earth. Amen? That was the purpose in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. And in fact, in that scripture, God tells them, and this is actually the sixth time when he says, remember the Lord. This is the sixth time that he is actually warning them in the book of Deuteronomy, saying, listen, you're going to become so blessed you're going to have houses that you did not build. You're going to have vineyards that you did not plant. You're going to have fields and produce that come to you. And you're going to have such provision that you might be tempted to forget the Lord. You will become so abundant, so wealthy, that you might be tempted to forget holiness to the Lord. And so he says, remember the Lord. This is the context of that verse. Remember God. Make sure that you remember God. Make sure that you remember the purpose that God gives you the power to get wealth is to establish his covenant in the earth. We are on mission. We are on, we have a purpose to our abundance. Amen. All right. In this time, you know, as Moses is writing this, to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy, they're just about ready to get to go into another season. They're, they're standing at the Jordan, and they've just come out of 40 years in the wilderness where they've been walking and, and trudging and, and testing right, the ahead, Lord, and God is testing them, and he allows them to go for a whole generation in the wilderness, and they are used to a certain system of finance. They're but used also, to a certain remember, system March of resource where there's the, the supernatural, miraculous provision of manna and quail, where God provides for them. All right, they all, all they tacos. have to do is go out and pick Woo! it up and go and, right. I don't know, they probably had to catch Okay, we're going to dismiss uh, you know? the children this morning. So like I heard you guys, guys were catching stand. a bird last week. And each children stand <laughs> and then just walk I was walk told to we'll see how good preaching right. you are. If you're confused about where to go, someone will be there to direct <laughs> you, know? you at the doors. <laughs> all right. So if you can head to that so, sign there, it said kids you know, you know, They probably had and to catch the, the quail. the are going to have okay? a 10 But there wasn't, you know, God brought it to them. Coffee, hot it was, it was relatively lobby. easy. It was and a miraculous then, uh, provision for their daily needs. And they're moving from that place into a system of agricultural resource where they're moving from a place of like a Bedouin mentality of going of bartering and trading as you travel and, and going you know from place to place to place to get what they need into a place of establishment and into a place where they're sowing for future crops. They're sowing for future harvests. And at this point is what Moses is talking to them about because they're moving from a place where they could trade for something, they could receive miraculous provision, uh, from the Lord, and they would be okay, but now they're going into the land flowing with what? Milk. Sounds like Lancaster County, right? Milk and honey. And how many of you know you got to tend the cow? You know what? I used to work uh, at, for Laps Barn Equipment, and I was in their shop. I was one of their shop guys, and we would weld gutter grates and all that kind of thing. And the one day, they came to me and say, said, Merle, we're going to send you out on a job, and the job is we are putting waterbeds in milking parlors. 
not milking parlors, in the, in the stalls, like in the feeding stalls, for cows. I said, water beds for cows? I don't even have a water bed. Like what, you know, what, <laughs> what is this? You know, we're, 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 we have like, you know, luxurious bovines, you know? I mean, just water beds for cows. Why are we putting water beds for cows? They said, well, if, you know, if cows are happy, they produce more milk. And so we're doing everything that they can. I don't know. I mean, I laid down on one of those water beds one time. It kind of got you seasick. I mean, it was like a full wave water bed, right? Okay? Like it was the cows would come in and they would all, you know, get all comfortable on the water beds. And the point was you had to take care of the cow, right? You have to take care of the cow in order to get its milk. A happy cow produces more milk, right? And so they're, they're, the, the children of Israel, in this place where God is talking to them through Moses, he, he, he counsels them and says, listen, you're moving, you're moving into a place where uh, you're going to be really blessed because the word of God works. And the systems that the Lord, if you work with God's principles, they work. And so they're, they're shifting from a place of uh, you know, needing miraculous provision on a daily basis into miraculous provision in the sense of growth and establishment. It's both miraculous. It's both from God, okay? And so, but they have to shift in their mentality of how they work. They need to work the land. They need to tend the bees. They need to provide for the cow to get the milk, amen? So, as they're learning new systems of managing resources, you see, they couldn't go into the promised land with a mindset of survival. They couldn't go into the promised land with a mindset of lack, of, oh, we just got to barely survive. And God, you know, talks to them, and in fact, God is going to help them grow their capacity. And so, you know, this happened for, for us, in, and we're by no means like, you know, made it or there or anything like that. But this, you know, there was a prayer that I started praying. I said, God, teach me to prosper. We were, I was, at, I was broken down on the side of the road. My vehicle had just broken down for like the seventh time that week. And it was like, I was devastated. I was like, God, ah, like what's wrong with me? You know, like ever, ever feel like something in your life is like a representation of you, you know? That's where I was. I was like, God, what's wrong with me that this keeps happening? Don't you see we're missionaries? Don't you see, you know, all the hard work we're doing? Don't you see? We were just about to birth. Sheree reminded me of this last week. She said, you know, that was the week that we were about to birth our very first school. That was the, very, the Jeremiah Training Center. That was the week we were about to birth our very first school. And, like, our car broke down, all this kind of stuff. And I tried to fix it, and I broke it worse. None of you have ever had that experience. You know, destroy your DYI, destroy it yourself. Um, so <laughs> it was, <yeah. laughs> it, it just, <laughs> that's just where we were. You know, I was, and I was literally like, I was, I think I was probably having like a mental breakdown too. I was, I was sobbing on the side of the road. God, what's wrong with me? Don't you see what we're doing? Don't you see how we're poured out for you? And God miraculously did something in a relationship that we had had that uh, there was, there was oh, I won't go into it, but there was a whole bunch of challenges that were happening in our lives at that time. And someone who had actually gone to uh, a, a part of our support base as missionaries and said, listen, I don't think you should be selling, you know, I don't think you should be supporting Merle and Cherie right now. This is what's going on, da, da, da. And it actually came against us. God actually warned me about it um, in a time where I woke up one morning and I 
was taken to the book of Acts, and I think it's Acts 19, where Demetrius comes against Paul. And Demetrius was a silversmith who made uh, shrines to the goddess Diana, and he went and stirred up other workmen against Paul. And I didn't understand it that morning, but the Lord said, the spirit of Demetrius has come out against you. I was like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> like, okay, God. And later on that day, I found out that, you know, someone had actually gone to a bunch of our supporters, and it cut our support down. Anyway, in this season, God restored, brought restoration in that relationship because that same person said, called us that week and, just, and said, listen, I'm going to go around and talk to some of my friends, and we're going to buy you a brand-new vehicle. And God provided a brand-new vehicle for us in that season and I was broken on the side of the road, right? I mean, it was, it was all, that, all that was happening at the same time. And sometimes in our lives, we go through challenges and scenarios where God, his desire is to grow our capacity. His desire is to grow our capacity. And just like in the children of Israel, their, God's desire was to grow their capacity. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22 this is what God says to them. He says, the Lord your God will clear away these nations before you little by little. You may not make an end of them at once, lest the wild beasts grow too numerous for you. Wow. So God was leading the children of Israel into the promised land. He said, listen, I'm going I'm to allow you to win victory by victory, step by step. Because if I wipe all the inhabitants of the land out, all the beasts of the field, all the, you know, all the wild plants are going to grow up in the fields, and it will not be of any benefit to you. Wow. And God is faithful to us like that, where he grows our capacity step by step. And in that time when I was sitting beside the road, you know, I, we were praying in that season, like, God, teach us to prosper, grow our capacity. This isn't working. This isn't where we want to live. You know, I mean, we were seeing pro financial provision. There was times we had like $35 in our bank account and $2,000, I probably sh shared this before, like $2,000 of bills needed to be paid. And then somebody put $3,000 in our bank account without us knowing it. And it was like, oh my goodness. And, and just story after story after story like that happened in our lives where God was providing for us, but it was like the quail. It was like the manna. You know, where it was like, I mean, we, <laughs> whew, whew, you know, and I was saying, God, stretch our capacity, like teach us how to prosper, teach us how to grow, teach us how to move, because we recognize that in moving into a promised land, we cannot have a slavery, lack, poverty, survival mentality where God wants to take us. Amen. We can't have that because guess what? God doesn't have that. He's not sitting up there being like, oh, man, I didn't realize the bills were going to be that amount this month. You know, the electricity of heaven, the sun's going to burn out. You know, no, no, you know, like, like he's, not, he's not up there worried about that at all. Amen? He's not up there worried about that. And so we, need, we can receive part of his abundance in our mentality and our mindset, and that's where that prosperous soul comes in. That's where, you know, it's not about money. It's not about the amount. 
It's about the fact that we start to think different and make better decisions. And that's kind of, I think, practically how it kind of looks like, is that as we get with the Lord, his word impacts us. We make better decisions, decisions that keep us, you know, like Alan was talking about last week about, you know, not going into debt and getting debt free. And, and well, those kind of decisions come from the Bible, from the word of God that help us make decisions where we don't railroad our lives. But then God also helps us make decisions where we go into a growth mentality. That like, hey, we can grow. We can provide structures and, and things in our, in our lives that help us and empower us to grow and equip us to expand what God wants us to do. And so I believe if we are living in obedience to the call of God in our lives, and we are li- that the fact is that when we're living in obedience, we are living by faith. Whether our focus is ministry, business, education, politics, healthcare, entertainment, or family. Wherever our focus is, when we are living out of, in that place out of obedience to God, we are living by faith. It's not just missionaries who live by faith. Amen? Business owners live by faith. We, we get a vision of what God wants to build in our business. We get a vision of what, we, of what God wants to accomplish through our lives, and that is faith. And then we begin to implement a plan according to that vision. That's faith. Implementing a plan. Sometimes not having a plan, people call that faith. <laughs> not having a plan is not living by faith. Okay? Not having a budget is not called living by faith, all right? Sometimes that is just actually abdicating the financial responsibility that God has given to us for our lives. We just, we don't know what to do with it. Our capacity hasn't been stretched, so we're like, oh, let somebody else worry about that. And that's not faith. I believe that faith is actually saying, Lord, what is the plan? What are you calling us to? What is the plan for that? And how, excuse me, how do we uh, position ourselves according to your word to accomplish your plan? Amen? And, and so, yes, that starts. I love Dave Ramsey. You know, we've seen a lot of people come out of, uh, including ourselves, come out of a place of um, just going, you know, living day to day, month to month, week to week, uh, and, and from a place of poverty with, with those baby steps, you know. And so, and I know Alan touched on that last week, but it's so good. Um, I want to talk here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, as it goes on, it says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Man, isn't it so good that God is the one who supplies and multiplies the seed. He does both, amen? I'm so glad that I don't have to, like, worry about the seed, that God's going to supply it. So if you're sitting here and you're following the Lord, God has given you seed in your life. Now, sometimes what's happening, you know, it says that he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. We don't want to be, like, sowing our bread and eating our seed. A lot of times when we live lives without a plan, sometimes a plan is called a budget, without vision, without a plan, we wind up eating our seed, the thing that would bring breakthrough in our lives. 
beforehand, before it ever gets a chance to get in the soil. So as we go through life, we need to prayerfully discern what is seed and what is bread. All right? We're not being good stewards if we eat our seed. We're not being good stewards of what he gives to us. And God promises to supply seed and to multiply. He's the multiplier. So this is what this looks like. All right, I have three trash cans up here, actually, four, and, and a bucket. All right, uh, I saw a demonstration of this, and maybe you have seen the same thing. This trash can here represents our, our income, whatever job we have or jobs we have, okay? This trash can represents our life expectant, uh, expenses, okay? So this is what it takes every month for us to live, to survive. Whether we have a plan or budget or not, it's right here, okay? So whatever comes in here is consumed, all right? Now, uh, I can probably with pretty good accuracy determine what you would do with a million dollars. You would do the same thing that you had done with the last 10,000. Which means that, like, don't wait to implement Godly principles in your life until your ship comes in. That's poverty thinking. Like what you've done with the last $1,000 is probably, you know, percentage-wise about what you would do with the last million, you know, if, if someone would give you a million, okay? So the key is this, is that you implement, time, you know, you implement saying, okay, here is where the covenant of God is going to expand. So a part of my monthly expenses, I'm going to put in there being generous and giving. I'm going to put in there support for missionaries. I'm going to put in there tithing. I'm going to put in there everything in my life that God wants me to do. I'm going to start wherever I'm at. The principles of God are so amazing in that any person around the world can activate them, can step into them. God is so good like that, right? And so the, the, the key is like get, get the right plan. You know, prayerfully get the right plan for our lives. Now, this here is our job, okay, or our sources of income, whatever they may be, you know. And so what happens is this is what we do, okay. We, we're working, and every day, you know, we're working a little bit, and we get resources, and it goes into paying for our life. Yeah? Anyone recognize the, that? <laughs> Nine to five. Nine or six to five, really? We're in Lancaster County. What am I talking about, nine to five? What are we, bankers? <laughs> you know, six to six, you know, whatever that is, you know, for us in our context. And this is what we're doing. And listen, you can, you can, have, you can have some nice stuff doing that, especially in the economy that we live in and the nation that we live in where we're blessed and, you know, and, and, and that, that can be all good. But you know what? What happens if our shovel breaks? I won't break our shovel, Alan. It's okay. What happens if our shovel breaks? All of a sudden, that stops, right? Okay. Well, then we need to save, and this, I'm gonna, this is the little bucket, because saving, and this is you know the the first part of Dave Ramsey is is get out of debt, and and get a security fund, right, where three to six months of expenses are saved up, and so we start to do this. And then a little bit goes here. Whoop. And then we keep doing this, right? And that's good, 
All right, that, that's good. But if we stop there, we will never gain wealth. No matter how much money you have, you will not be wealthy. Okay? This bucket over here represents investing. And there's a lot in the Bible about investing. That's what sowing is. It's the, the multiplication side of growth, of blessing. This is investing. And a lot of people are like, oh, don't talk to me about investing, you know. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to be invested in, okay. That's between you and God. That's between you and your financial advisor. But there is a place where, um, you know, if you invest in something that's like 8%, and listen, especially for uh, those of you who are under the age of 30, time is your friend. Amen. Time is your friend. And so, and this is the, this is what I want to show you here is the activity of the promised land. Okay, it's the sowing and reaping. It's the, it's the, the covenant of Noah where there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest. There's going to be hot times and cold time. I'm sorry, Alan, it will get, become winter again. Whew. Hallelujah. This heat is getting unbearable. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so like there, there, there is cycles and seasons in life. And so what happens is if we do this and all we do is save, which is good, and say now you're at like seven months, you know, or six months, seven months, and, and, and now if, if you save, say, $50 for 40 years, you will have saved $12,000. Something, it's somewhere around there, all right? Where if you would invest that $50, into something that is a reasonable 8% return. That's a reasonable return you can get out there. Where once you have a security fund, that life can leave you alone a little bit. All right? And you start doing this as you're doing this. You do like that over there. Maybe three times out of 20. 15%. Okay? You're investing in here. The definition of wealth is because what happens is you're working here and you're paying for your life expenses but what happens is as you are investing, this, all of a sudden, one day, this goes, poof. you're like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool, you know? And after a while, this, you know, it comes, and, and, and all of a sudden, I, I don't have to shovel so much over here to cover for my life expenses. This starts to shovel in, and, and my money is working for me instead of me working for my money, okay? Now, when you reach the point, no matter what the numbers are, tell your neighbor, say, no matter what the numbers are, when this is paying for all of this, you are by definition wealthy. And people accomplish that by different ways. Some people, you know, get huge bank accounts here. And some people just, you know, go and live in a developing nation where it doesn't cost very much to live, <laughs> okay? Where your expenses are low. However you do it, the definition of wealth, of being wealthy, is when this, when your money starts to cover, the work of your money starts to cover your life expected, uh, expenses, okay? And so in... In our lives, and, and this doesn't mean that we just, you know, remember the guy who said, oh, I'm just going to sit back and relax and drink, drink Kool-Aid, 
not Kool-Aid, but, you know, and, and God says, you fool, your soul is required of you tonight. Now, whose things will be those that you've stored up? You know, you've built bigger barns and all that because he gave up on purpose. And so the, the point is that as this begins to happen for us, we need to become more invested in the kingdom of God. We need to recognize why we are called, why we have been blessed, why, we have, why God has allowed provision to come. And it doesn't mean that there's no hiccups and there's no challenges and, and dips in, in life that happens all the time. And that's what this is here for. But that is the definition of wealth. Is that good? All right? So that's the next step. So after we get debt-free, the point is that we need to start investing. If we only save, you know, it will be, um, you won't be able to stay, you won't be able to have what you need when you want to do other things, okay? Whatever that age is for you, whether it's 65 or, or uh, whatever. But I just want to, for those of you who, like me, for a large part of my life, especially in school, didn't care about math. Um, you know, if you save for the next 40 years, so I'm speaking especially to those who are younger, for the next 40 years, if you just put $50 away a month, you will have saved $24,000. If you, if you invest that money in 8%, you will have $176,900. It's a big difference between 24 and almost 180, right? And if you increase that amount to $100 per month that you're investing for 40 years, you'll have saved 48, you'll have doubled the amount that you'd saved, but you would have a maturity value of $353,000 just by putting $100 away at 8%, okay? Now, there's better percentages out there, and I'm not going to try and tell you how to invest and all that kind of stuff. But the point is that, and this is one thing that I love about Dave Ramsey's system, is it's good for anybody, <laughs> you know? And, and I hear all the time, well, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of Dave Ramsey. I don't invest like Dave Ramsey does either. The point is, are you investing? That's the point. Are we putting seed in the ground? Okay? For our families and for our lives. Like the Bible says, a good, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. How, how is that going to happen? It's going to happen like this. Okay? All right? Now, apart, I'm not saying invest and never be generous and never give. No, 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 no. Because what happens is... The blessing of the Lord is tied to our involvement with his covenant expanding. The blessing of the Lord is tied to, you know, don't be waiting like, oh, when, someday when I retire, I'm going to give a big old chunk to missions. No, you got to start now. You got to start doing what you can and getting involved. Amen? Do what you can. Go on a trip. Support a missionary. All right? So it's a poverty mentality that waits for our ship to come in. Someday when I have whatever that number is for you, $50,000, $100,000, $1,000,000, dollars $2,000,000, right. The purpose of financial blessing in our lives is to see the kingdom of God expand. God's desire 
is that there is a representation of his kingdom everywhere. Everywhere. Amen? Abundance with a purpose. So God wants bus drivers, business women and men. He wants truck drivers and farmers and bankers and builders. He wants stay-at-home moms and dads. He wants politicians and preachers. He wants teachers and students, engineers and missionaries and nurses and doctors. We are all called to the purposes of God. Amen? We are all anointed to go. We're all called to be a part of what he is doing in the earth. And we all have provision to do good works, the good works of the kingdom, while we're working in each of these areas. God needs us in every sphere of society with an understanding of his grace, his supply, and his provision. He needs us all there living by faith with a mentality of supply, not a mentality of lack. He wants us in a mentality of supply, not a mentality of lack, because lack restricts us. It causes us to not be able to dream. It causes us to be more focused on our income and our challenges than on his kingdom. And I know, it, I know it, sometimes it gets hard. I, I get it. But, hey, God is there, and God has all grace for us to accomplish that. The blessed, God's blessings are tied to his kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we're going to end here. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. God wants us to be as prosperous in our spirit and our, our soul as Bill Gates is financially. Yeah? As the company Apple is cash flush, we need to be faith flush. Come on. Amen? All right? We need to have that mentality to say, hey, there, God, I'm yours. I'm, I'm at your disposal. And I will live an obedient life. The key is obedience. Amen? Can we stand together? I touched on Ephesians chapter 2 just a little, a little bit in the beginning of the service. But Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Just let me back up there a little bit. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says that God has, God's grace has provision for everything that we need, right? To accomplish everything that he wants us to do. Yeah? So that's part of that picture of grace. You know? And I say this you know, a couple times you know, probably every time I preach, you know, that, you know, grace isn't just saving, saving grace. This is Paul's understanding of grace is there's everything that we need to move forward in God's plan. All right? So for by grace, you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Some people say, well, is it grace that's the gift of God and our faith, or is it faith that's the gift of God? I think it's all three. It's salvation, it's his grace, and his faith. All three of those are the gift of God to our lives. So some people, you know, they, they get all down like, oh, I don't have enough faith. What I prayed for didn't happen. No, no, no. We need to ask God to, God, increase our faith. 
increase our faith. And we know that the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what happens when we get close to him and says, God, I want to hear your, want to hear your word. I want to hear you speak to me the words of life. Holy Spirit, as I'm, as I'm going through the scriptures, bring stuff out and impact my heart, impact my life. God, I thank you that you are leading me every day of my life. And divine ideas that I have, they come from you. In Jesus' name. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, which means I can't work harder to get it, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen? Each one of us have a job to do. We have good works to accomplish. And guess what? You have everything you need. We have everything we need. Not because of our own works, but because of what God supplies. Because he is full of supply. Even when we feel like we are lacking, God is full of supply. Amen? Amen? And so, man, how much, man, how, how I, I've seen this work so many times in my life where I'd be, oh, what am I going to do? What am, what's going to happen in my life? I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what that is. And then I just come to a place of peace and say, God, I give it all to you. I thank you that you have supply provision. Even though I don't see it, I don't understand it. I'm just going to come to a place of rest and peace and being with you because you're always with me. And all of a sudden, ideas begin to come. Solutions begin to flow that never flowed out of a place of like striving and you know it's not of ourselves and the grace and the faith and the gifts they're not of ourselves it's of Him, Amen. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, the only thing you have to do is surrender. The only thing you have to do is come to Him. If you're listening online and you've never really dedicated your life to Jesus, or or maybe you have and you've walked away. You, you say, hey, you know, I'm not seeking first his kingdom anymore in my life. And I'm going after all the things that the Bible says that the Gentiles, those who are in the world, seek after. I'm, I'm striving for all those things. I just want to invite you to come back to seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And let him bring all of these things into our lives. The gospel is simply this, that in the beginning, God reigned supreme. And in the beginning, he created everything that exists, and it all worked together seamlessly. It was perfect. God said it was good. And said that you, the Bible says that you, God said, was very good. And he was really impressed with what he did when he created you. (laughs) He loves you. But what happens is that Satan led a rebellion against God. And mankind, we obeyed Satan's lie rather than God's word and God's truth. Because we followed Satan's lie, relationship with God, with the one who knows who we are, who loves us and knows why we exist, was broken. And through various times, God sent his messengers, sent his prophets to say, I'm going to bring people back to me. I'm going to bring you back to me. You're not alone. You're not going to be left alone. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm coming. I'm going to build a bridge and bring, bring you back into relationship with me. And he did that by sending Jesus Christ to come on the earth. Jesus Christ, God the Son, who died on the cross to take our sin, to take my sin, 
and to take your sin. This is why I can stand here and preach today because I'm not preaching about anything that I've done well. I'm only preaching about what he has done in me and done in others' lives that I've seen. Amen? And so he has taken the punishment for my sin and for your sin on the cross. And he invites us back into relationship with our Heavenly Father, the one who knows who we are and why we exist, and the one who loves us with all of his heart. But the first step is to make him king. So just like he reigned supreme in the beginning, he has to reign supreme in our lives now and say, Jesus, I give my life to you. And if this is you and you want to come back to the Lord or you recognize that you were never walking with him and you want to come to him for the first time, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I come to you. I recognize that I have sinned and I come and I bring my life to your feet and I give you my life and I ask you to give me your life in exchange. I give you my brokenness and I receive who you are in your health, emotional, spiritual, physical. I ask that you wash me clean and I make you the king of my life. I surrender completely into your hands and I ask that you would fill me and lead me with your spirit into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we have a gift for you uh, up here. And if for any other reason, uh, if you would like prayer, there's gonna be prayer ministers here at the front at the end as we dismiss. And uh, I invite you to come and get prayer. Um, all of us, we all need prayer in our lives, amen. And so we have uh, wonderful prayer ministers who would love to pray for you, who would love to encourage you. And if you're feeling down about your finances, I want to encourage you that it is not the end. Amen? It is not the end. All right? When you're working a system, see, oh, this is something I didn't say. When you're working a system, we can, we can, get, we can get our identity wrapped up in our jobs. We'll be like, oh, I'm just a carpenter, or I'm just a, I'm just a whatever. And we feel bad, like, oh, I have to take a second job to, like, deliver pizza. Now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm a pizza delivery guy. No, 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 you're not that. You're just working a system. Amen? You're, you're working a system to get this to go there. It doesn't matter what you do over here as long as, as, long as it's legal. <coughs> okay? It doesn't matter what you do over here and how much you do over here. You're working a system. Come on, this isn't your identity. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. Amen. Amen. This isn't your identity. This is just what you do. Amen. All right, so, so don't never feel bad about, oh, I have, to, I have to work a second job or do a little bit extra to, to man, see it as a challenge that, God, what, what can I do to bring in that extra $200 that I don't have yet in my budget? Amen. All right, so I just want to encourage you that the Lord is with you. And so, um, yeah. We'll end there. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for your kingdom. I thank you for your supply. I thank you for your goodness, God, that we sang about and that we can come together and celebrate. And I thank you that it's summer, Lord. And so we thank you, Father, for all that you have done in our hearts and in our lives. And we invite you to do even more. Father, as we seek your kingdom first, we love you with all of our hearts. You reign supreme in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Up from the end.